Streak off of here and go down the side. They do. Stock's got it. He's got running room. Stock can dive. Hang it up. It's good. It's good. But Jones win it. But Jones win it. Better than ever, another episode of Barton's Breakdown. This one only took us a week to do between episodes, so we're getting better, slowly but surely. Um, and this is the uh, wrap-up the year type episode. Uh, the Jazz, out of the playoffs, season's over. Um, always a disappointment, but honestly, not a whole lot to complain about this year, at least if you're a Jazz fan, in my opinion. I think that this year was one of the most fun years I've ever had watching the Jazz. This was a year that you really ne never knew what was going to happen, and they just exceeded expectations in every way. Um, second year in a row where the Jazz end up going to second round of the playoffs, and I don't know how you feel, Dane, but it feels um, like a bigger achievement this year than it did last year. What do you think about that? I mean, yeah. Definitely. Um, I think if you, you know, you look at the the season as a whole, it was <clears throat> a big success. Um, I think one of the big, um, you know, one of the, I guess, impressive things that happened was last year when we beat the Clippers in the first mm -hmm. round in seven games. Yeah. You know, that was the team that was, they were supposed to break through. They had all-stars, superstars. Um and we beat them in Game Seven on their court. Um, this year, the five deal, seed yeah. again. Yeah, yeah, it was huge. This big year, deal. being the five seed again, you go and you beat Oklahoma City. Everyone picked them to beat us pretty handily, and it's a nice way to, I think, a nice note to end the season on. Um, but as a whole, yeah, I mean, we're one of six teams in the whole league to make it to the second round in the playoffs two years in a row. The other teams are Golden State, Houston in the West, and then Cleveland, Toronto, and Boston. I mean, that's. That's elite good company. company. Yeah, elite company. Sure. Absolutely. And I mean, our last episode, we talked about kind of where we saw the Jazz and the NBA hierarchy and power rankings. And I think that right there speaks to yeah. that. Um, you know, instead of looking at, um, you know, that, that really nice stretch we went on at the end of the season, we, we had a good season. Seasons have ups and downs and I think I think the Jazz had a really good year this year. For sure. I mean, I think everybody going into this season understood that losing Gordon, we were probably going to take a step back. But besides the the wins in the in the at the end of the year, I think we ended up what forty eight and thirty four or something like that. And the year before, we won fifty games or fifty one. We were fifty one last year. Yeah. Besides that, though, I mean. We had no expectations. I think last year we all hoped that we would make the playoffs. This year, I didn't have any expectations to make the playoffs, let alone win a series and, and see a star be born in Donovan Mitchell. But honestly, I think that a lot of the credit, if not most of the credit, has to go to Quinn Snyder. Um, the guy was in the running for Coach of the Year. I don't think he'll get it just because the NBA hates the Jazz. Heard it here first, but the NBA is rigged against the Jazz. Anyways, Quinn Snyder, he's, he's kind of the man. And he's well known across or throughout the league as a, a developer, someone who 
Uh, you come in and he's going to make you better. And for some people, I'm looking at you, Trey Lyles, um, the three-hour practices are too much. And some dudes don't have that desire to get better. But you come to Utah and you want to get better, I think we've seen with just about anybody who comes in, they play better in Quinn's system. Yeah, and I mean, Quinn obviously is uh, <clears throat> is an invested um you know, player on the team. He is, you know, he has his own coaching responsibilities and time that he spends with the players. But I think the system that he's created with each player having an assistant coach on the on the staff who works individually with them throughout the week, you know, people who are helping guys stay ready, which we saw, you know, in the playoffs with Alec Burks. Dude hadn't played for a long time, you know, and he he was ready because he bought into the system that you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna go through this for a couple of months where I'm getting a lot of DNPs, playing a couple of minutes here and there, and he was ready he to balled. go. And I think yeah, I think yeah, I, I just think that's a that's a that's a tribute to Quinn's system. And you're right, guys have to be willing to work to get better on this team. And I'm I think everyone is really pleased um, with that result. And I think people around here. Love Quinn Snyder, they really do, and he and it seems like the players love him as well. Yeah, and you know one of the probably the, one of the best stories that's come from him developing players in, into really good player uh, is Joe Ingles, twenty um, nine year old something like that, coming from Australia, lefty. He's not the most athletic guy, but man, he found a role and he's he's really found his place in the NBA. He's he's balling. Um, I mean, I'll let you talk about Joe because I know you're such a big Joe fan and he and I have a love-hate relationship, but regardless of what you think about him, the man's come in and played pretty well for us. Yeah, I mean, I remember uh, it was like December 20th or 21st or something, or maybe the 22nd, we went to the game against OKC and... Um, you just ripped Joe Ingles the entire game up and down about how bad he was. Um, let me read you his stats for um, for this year. 11.5 points per game, 4.2 rebounds a game, 4.8 assists, 44% from three, and just over a steal a game. Um, those are not really amazing numbers. I mean, I think the obviously the 44% from three is really good, but 11.5 points a game, no one's getting excited about that. Four rebounds a game, almost five assists, that's good. Um, but this is a guy who, you know, has, I mean, look in the playoffs, he had some big games where he, you know, that that game he had like 27 points. Oh yeah. Um, when we Big when we shots. beat the Rockets, I think five and, of six and three something like that is balling. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he he really improved this year, and I think he was much more consistent, despite what you said earlier this year. Hey man, I I you know what? I'll get this out here. I'm not the biggest Joe Ingles fan. I think that he needed to be more aggressive, and he was towards the end of the year. He it's no use shooting 44 percent if you're shooting one three a game. You know, let's put some shots up. Uh, but the thing that really bugged me with Joe Ingles is him trying to get pretty and make the passes that he tries to make it uh, look cool or, or be a fancy pass when it could literally just be a normal pass. And he had his career high in turnovers this year, which goes to my point, 1.9, pretty much two turnovers a game, which when he has the ball in his hands and he's setting other people up, I mean, he fills up the stat sheet, don't get me wrong, but two turnovers a game, that's... 
I mean, he's got to cut that back. And I think he will. You know, the guy works hard. He works hard at everything he does. He's gotten better each year. So that's I'm looking for him to make that next step. Um, he made 204 threes this year. It was the 10th most in the league. That was a single-season record impressive. for the Jazz. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think you're... I think you're uh, looking too far there on the turnovers, <laughs> but he um, a lot of turnovers. There's a lot of people with a lot more turnovers. Um, he, he one would be fine, but I I'm pretty happy with the way he's developing. I think he's become a leader on the team in a lot of ways. Um, he's kind of strangely enough, sort of ironic, become a little bit of a of a veteran mentor to some of the younger guys, even though he hasn't been in the NBA all that long, just because he's older and he's played so old, some yeah. international ball. Um, but yeah, he's definitely, he is fine tuning a skill right now at shooting the long ball. And he's just, I think he, he's made some big plays for us at the end of the end of, the, end of games, defensively making the right pass, making the extra pass, you know, and towards the end of the season, like you said, a little more aggressive and not that I particularly care for Joe Ingles to be a slasher type player, but he sort of brought that into his game a little bit when we needed him to get into the hoop. So I think a, a really good year for Joe Ingles, a big step forward for him, and that helped us a lot. And I, I really appreciate the dude's mentality. He's a gritty guy who's going to come in, get in people's faces, as we saw with Paul George and assorted Rockets players. The dude's not afraid of getting <laughs> in people's face and being a little bit of a bulldog. And I really appreciate that. And I think the rest of the team, like you said, is kind of taking his cue from not only from him, but from Jay Crowder as well. And they've just been, you know, up in people's business. And I love that. I really do. So let me ask you, um, what do you, so Ricky Rubio was kind of our, we, you know, the, the, all the articles last summer said that we got him, we traded for him so that we could, um, keep Gordon. Um, I think people were disappointed with that initially, questioned whether he'd fit in the system, et cetera, et cetera. What's your opinion of Ricky Rubio on the Jazz one year in? I think that at the beginning, or maybe midway through the year, he was still trying to find his spot exactly on the Jazz. But I thought that he was incredible. You know, he really found his his niche, his kind of his spot, and he... He excelled. I mean, career highs in points. Um, he's, he's averaging more assists. Less assists, excuse me. But uh, he's making plays. He had the triple-double against Westbrook that was such a big deal and then almost followed it up with another triple-double the next night. And I think that he, when he's aggressive and he's hitting his shots like he was the second half of the season, he's a really good player. And it seems like he's really found a home in Utah that he never felt comfortable in in uh in minnesota um so i'm looking forward for him to to take another step and uh fit in even more next year yeah i think your last point you know him fitting in and feeling at home here is really a big deal just as big as any of the stats that people analyze basketball with um you know for him to spend whatever it was what was it five six years in minnesota something like that um and come here for one year. You know, he had he had he had some opportunities there, but he was you know, routinely sort of passed over for other guys on their team. Um but for him to come here play one year, quickly become a leader on the team, a mentor for Donovan Mitchell, um you know, a good facilitator in Quinn's system. Um 
I think that really says a lot about the franchise and definitely excited about that going forward. He seems like a guy who's bought in and is interested in being here. It'd be, you know, hopefully next year goes well and we can, you know, talk about re-signing him then. But um, I think that's been, at, at, you know, definitely a successful trade for us. I think the one stat that I, I think really was surprising to me and um, helped us really in a lot of tight spots was his improvement in shooting yeah, um, sure. three shooting three pointers. So his career percentage is 32 and a half. And this year he was 35.2%. So almost 3% better. I mean, the, the one shot that comes to mind was that game winning three he hit on the road in Toronto in like March, I think, um, you know, I don't think people think of Ricky Rubio as a shot maker. And I, I didn't, um, and he proved us wrong. Yeah. I mean, he hit some big shots for us this year. Um, Really, really pleased with with his addition to the team. Yeah, for sure. He fits into the core group of players. You know, Joe Joe and Rubio really just fit in with the core and with our ideals. And when you're talking about the core of the team, at least for me, there's nobody who personifies, I don't want to say personifies, represents the Jazz like Rudy Gobert. The man is... Definitely the MVP, regardless of what DM's doing. I mean, Donovan's balling, don't get me wrong. But we saw what happens when you take out the Defensive Player of the Year. And I think he will get Defensive Player of the Year despite missing 26 games. But we're a completely different team when he's out on the floor and when we're not, when he's not out on the floor. Uh, all those losing streaks that we had at the beginning of the season with him and his knee injuries versus how we looked when he came back on defense. He's He does things... Uh, that really nobody else in the league can do with that wingspan, with with his mentality. Uh, I I love Rudy. I think he might be. I mean, dang, Donovan's giving him a rub for for my money, but I love Rudy and Donovan perhaps equally. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> Rudy I think is kind of the heart and soul of the Jazz right now. Um, he's definitely not, you know the the most skilled offensive player on our team and he's not the guy <laughs> who's getting the ball at the end of the game to take to take game winning shots um, and I don't think that's what they're asking him to do. I think he is you know very successful at what he does which is allowing other people space and he creates a lot of shots for people when he sets a pick that's you know a good pick or when he rolls really hard to the basket um, he's even, you know, he even showed a few flashes of making some good cross court passes when people were kind of crashing down on him. Um, he's lying, I, for sure. He is, yeah. And <clears throat> I think that, you know, letting him get stronger this year again, work on, you know, maintaining possession of the ball, getting better around the rim, those are all good things. But defensively, which is, I think, sort of, the, you know, the heart and soul of the team, Rudy is just solid and I totally agree I think it'd be surprising at this point if he didn't win defensive player of the year um he missed a lot of time you know whatever he um he's the man like I mean let's look at his stats he's he's scoring he's a double double every night I mean it's almost a guarantee 13 and a half points down a little bit from last year but he was also injured most of the year 10 rebounds a game two blocks a game and the thing that you talk about attitudes of people wanting to get better. 
not only has he put on weight and and gotten better on offense, something that he needed to do, uh, he's gotten a lot better at free throws. Uh, when he came yeah. into the league, he was shooting forty nine percent, which for a big guy, I mean, big guys historically struggle with with free throws, uh, especially guys who have huge hands. And this year, he shot sixty eight percent. It's pretty dang good. Like that's that's respectable. Uh, there are some guards that shoot like that, so I, I respect it, and I think he's going to keep up on his upward trajectory. I mean, he's 25 years old. Donovan's 21. Uh, the core of this team is pretty young and exciting. Yeah, I mean, again, not not enough good things to say about Rudy Gobert. Um, we would, I highly doubt we would have made the playoffs had he no continued yeah, to no be way. injured. You know, I mean, he just he really drives drives the team in a lot of ways I don't think people appreciate. Um, one comparison that kind of comes to mind, not and this isn't apples to apples, but if you look back at Dwight Howard's career, you know, he's he, he had some really effective, really great years in the NBA. Um, and um, he, again, is a primarily a defensive player rebounder shot blocker guy and yeah. there were a number of times when he clearly wanted to be more involved in the offense and sure. he got coaches fired he went to different teams people did not like playing with that guy he was not willing to sacrifice that he was you know he just couldn't see that in himself that he's not an offensively gifted player and i'm not saying rudy doesn't have offensive potential but i am very pleased that he is he will do whatever it takes to win. I'm glad he's not a pussy like Dwight Howard. At me, Dwight. Well said. Well said. <laughs> um, I think kind of the last, the last piece here um, that we just couldn't miss in doing our season recap is really the breakout of Donovan Mitchell. Um you know, there have been some interesting articles and little kind of league secrets that are being leaked or whatever since the season's been over, or for the Jazz anyway, that, you know, he was just destroying people in these pre-draft workouts and, you know, he was this, he was this big secret. People weren't willing to buy into him yet. Um, <clears throat> I still remember a tip-off of the first game just watching Rodney Hood run off the court and Donovan Mitchell just gets thrown on like literally 20 seconds before tip-off. Starts the first game. It wasn't the first you know. game. Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah, yes. And um, he, uh, he, he starts that game, and I honestly don't remember how well he played, but I just remember thinking, like, wow, this dude is probably super nervous right now. Um, he, um, you know, and that a little bit of irony there with Rodney Hood sort of leaving and Donovan Mitchell stepping in and doing much more than just filling his spot. Um, but what an amazing year. Um, wow. Yeah. I wow. mean, he's, he's the man. He, if he really was a secret and the jazz knew all that, they did a good job keeping him under wraps. Cause I remember watching him in the summer league and saying, Wow. This dude's athletic, and he plays really hard. And at the beginning of the year, that's exactly what I thought. I watched him miss a lot of shots. But he was always just energetic, running all over the place, diving for the ball, playing hard. 
And his shot started to fall, you know, I don't know, maybe 15 games into the season. And it really just picked up from there and never slowed down. He really never hit a rookie wall. <laughs> I mean, the guy was just going 24-7. He didn't really slow down. I mean, not every game was perfect. But he to average 20.5 points on a playoff team in the West and to lead your team um, through a first-round playoff series with th- against a team with three All-Stars, two, actually. Carmelo, you don't count. But... Still, <laughs> super impressive. The man, you can't say enough about him. He's 21 years old. All the guys in the NBA are raving about him. The dude just gets it. He he listens. He's humble. He understands that he doesn't know it all, but he can learn a lot from people just watching and, and asking questions. And I, I mean, he's just so freaking fun to watch, too. He At least one time a, a game, he's doing something that makes you say, holy cow, that kid is athletic. He's either dunking on somebody or doing some ridiculous layup through four different bodies. Um, speaking of, <coughs> what do you think your favorite play from him is this year? That is so hard. Um, man, I mean, one of the ones that I really liked the most was uh, when we were playing the Pelicans. I think it was a game he had the 41 points in or 40, whatever it was, and starts – on the right wing and cuts through. And I think he went through, you know, whoever was guarding him and then got around Davis and cousins and did that sort of double clutch around the rim, reverse layup and one where he just released it with the soft under control touch right before his feet were going to hit the ground for traveling. Just, I don't know. His body control is phenomenal. And he finishes around the rim, which is something that you just don't see. He's, He's pretty automatic inside of the paint. What's your favorite play? Um, you know, it's. I was thinking about this earlier. I think that my favorite play all year is when you see they're playing the Lakers in Salt Lake and everyone's talking about Lonzo Ball and <laughs> Alec Burks shoots one of his patented bricks from three and all of a sudden you just see 45 rise oh, up yeah. above everybody else and cock that thing way back and just slam it. In fact, I'm going to put that sound clip right here so everyone can hear Bowler Jack's call <laughs> on that. Loose ball. Tabo has it. Runs it to Burks. Catch and shoot three. No. Rebound. Oh, my! i got to see that over and over again. Up on the ladder. The rookie, Donovan Mitchell, brings it down. We have a nominee wow. for the dunk of the year. Yeah, that was that was amazing. That was one of those early in the season. I'm looking at it. That was our that was the sixth game of the year. Um, and you're right, Lonzo Ball had all the attention, um, and Donovan Mitchell just dominated that game and that play. Just wow. Yeah, that was that's sign my a one. sign of things to come. Announcing he was here. Um, yeah, I mean. He's just, I mean, he just seems like he's really got a good sense about him about, you know, he's really down to learn and get better all the time. But at the same time, while realizing he's a young learner, like does not shy away from big moments, Doesn't taking, the, taking those shots, trying to make that play on defense, getting that rebound, making the pass. He, I mean, 
just he is a competitor. I mean, one of the other favorite plays I had, this is kind of maybe not your typical favorite play, but when we were playing Oklahoma City in um I think it was what game was it where he had the 22 points in the third quarter? That was game 5 in OKC. And um you know, he came out and he made a couple of buckets there right after halftime. And I think it was not even 3 minutes in and <clears throat> He had the ball, and it looked like he was going to go to the rack again, and the ball got taken away from him. And he went and just ripped it out of somebody's hands and then went right to the rack and scored. And that, to me, just defined who he is. He is a competitor. He is even, like, you know, like 99% of the time, the ball gets stolen from you, people just kind of jog down the court. Everyone does it. All the all-stars, everybody does it. He just rips the ball out of somebody's hands and takes it and you know, has a has a contested finish. I mean, that was another play that really defined the season for yeah, me. It really, it really did. Um, I mean, the dude just doesn't back down like you were saying. Uh, twice, two playoff series, he he completely took over a quarter. Scoring twenty two in a quarter is outrageous, and he did it twice in the playoffs in big games. One to seal out OKC, and the other uh, in the closeout game we lost to Houston before he got injured. Um, I think that he's going to be an assassin, a straight-up killer in the next few years because, like you said, he doesn't back down. And he's all about getting the ball in his hands at the end of the game. He wants it. He wants to win. And uh, I I hope he uh, he gets into contact with Kobe Bryant. You watched the Kobe Bryant thing where he broke down all of Donovan Mitchell's play, right? I did see some of it, yeah. Yeah, I hope he gets in touch with Kobe because Kobe's the man who has that just assassin mentality at the end of games. And I'm sorry, Jazz fans, for giving a compliment to Kobe, but recognize that man knew how to close out games. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's just got you know he's just got such a huge upside. I think things like moving forward for him, things that he's going, I think he'll probably try and work on. Is being a little bit more efficient with his shots. Definitely. Um, I don't know that he was a guy that I felt was forcing shots because um, he's our primary offense, and that's. But um, I, you know, there. I think there are sometimes where he, you know, just being a young player didn't always take. Um, you know, maybe he shot the ball one pass too early. Where I think that's something that we're that we're seeing, like Joe Ingles, guys who've been in the league a little bit longer, Ricky Rubio, who who maybe make that extra pass, or maybe a little bit early in the shot clock sometimes. Um, yeah, for sure. I think that's one thing moving forward that will be, um, you know, a big thing for him. And I I think it's you know also like durability. I mean, he is an incredibly and was an incredibly durable player for us this year, but that's a big change from going to playing like. 35 college games to 82 NBA games. Plus um, you, another how many? Another 11. 11. So you played 93. Yeah, I mean that's that's a long season on your legs. He competed in the in the dunk competition. You know he's, I mean he and he played a lot of minutes for us. Um, I think that'll be good. You know for his body to get that in, and that's not necessarily something he has to work on, but just being in the league a while longer. But I think next year seeing him be. A little bit more efficient and selective with some of some of the times he try, he is taking shots. He sounds like he's ready for it. Um, it's quote at the end of the, the year as they were cleaning out their locker and had their exit interviews. 
Um, quote, this isn't a victory lap summer. It's been a great year, but in my head, there's a lot more to work on. And I mean, geez, hearing that from a rookie who had a year like that, uh, just makes you excited to see what, uh, what he's going to be like next year. Cause you know, he's going to be in the gym, just grinding, find, figuring out ways to get better. And I'm excited to see the, the product next year. Yeah. I mean, his, his locker room clean out, um, interview is just full of great quotes, um, you know, that I think really show who he is and how much he cares about getting better. Um, you mentioned getting in touch with Kobe Bryant. He said, training with any NBA great possible that I can get in contact with just to pick their brain. I mean, you know, Gordon Hayward went and worked with Kobe Bryant, you know, the season before he left, or maybe it was two before. I mean, I think guys are doing that more and more now, trying to find some of the some of the, the great players in the NBA. And I think Donovan Mitchell is a guy who's liked by all of the stars, at least it looked that way on the court. Um and I don't think he'll have a problem doing that if he if he you know if he's looking for that opportunity to get better and grow in that way. I mean, one of the interesting things I heard him say was like, "Oh, I I like to call people and call other good players in the league and ask them what would you do if you were trying to defend me? How would you how would you try and stop me so that he can try and think ahead of what he's going to what he's going to work on and how you know how much quicker he can make the reads when he's got the ball yeah. in his hand. It's impressive. It really is." Alrighty, well, I mean, the Jazz, an awesome year, 48-34, uh, fifth seed in the West again, and looking like we're here to stay for the next few years. I hope we get some more pieces. Uh, I love the team. I'm really excited with where we're going. Um, before we finish it out, let's uh, let's give the people what they wanted to hear. What do you think about these last few games, uh, Eastern Conference Finals and Western Conference Finals, and then Championship? So for me, um, I think it's Golden State over the Rockets in four games, five at the most. But I, I, I'd go with a sweep of the Rockets. The, like the Death Squad is that good? <laughs> They're unreal. So I actually thought the Rockets might win this one, but after watching tonight or seeing the score at least in a little bit of the game, holy cow! They. <sighs> They're they're the real deal. I don't think they get stopped this uh, this series either. I'm I'm saying uh, Warriors in five. Uh, on the other side of the the spectrum though, or the Eastern Conference, you know it's always complex with LeBron. You really never know. The guy likes to just I don't know. Maybe he loves drama. Maybe he just likes coming back every time. But it seems like the dude's down one zero or two zero or expected to lose this series every series but he's been to what freaking seven straight finals uh but i have that streak ending i hope the sixers or sorry the celtics win in six yeah i don't know this this is a this is sort of a a bipolar team the first round they really struggled with the pacers you know go to seven games there was no way they were going to lose that seventh game i've you know, if I had any money, I would have put it on all of it <laughs> on the Cavs. Um, you know, then they go and just destroy the Raptors in four. Um, and I don't know. This is. I don't think this is going to be. I think the Cavs win this series. I think it's a six or seven game series. Um, I don't know. 
It, I think it. I think it. I mean, LeBron. I think is going to do his thing. He had a he had a pretty pretty time. bad game on Sunday, but um, yeah. I think this is going to be more about like what what is what is surrounding him and how well are those pieces going to going to work together. It's the same thing as you know, like when those when those guys were clicking and playing well in against Toronto, there was there was no chance that Toronto was going to win a game. Just no chance. LeBron um, owns Canada. <laughs> But uh, yeah, I'm I'm going Cavs in seven, and then I think they get swept in the finals. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it does, I don't even, it doesn't even matter who wins because the Warriors are just gonna run a train. But anyways, uh, Celtics though, you know, in the future they they're looking like a serious contender in the future in the East. But we anyways, may have to talk about on one of these next episodes like what they're gonna do with Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward. It's getting a little crowded on the wing. It is a little crowded. That's a Maybe they give Gordon the axe. You never know. Anyways, year's over. Great year. Great time. Uh, appreciate you all listening to this, getting all the way to the end of it. Um, not much else to say besides go Jazz. <laughs>